Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. I am one of your hosts, John Lyons. I'm a filmmaker, teaching artist, and the director of programming for the Film Society. I am another one of your hosts, Mike Berlin, still Erica Berlin's husband. We are missing Erica Berlin from this episode. We miss you, Erica. I, I miss. I definitely miss you, Erica. I am contractually <laughs> obligated, by the way, to say that. But I'm saying it by, uh, by my own free will and volition as well. That's right. We have a, a special guest on today's episode. We've got Mike Golab, who is the owner of Exhibit One Productions, uh, based here in Erie, Pennsylvania, and he's a filmmaker as well. Exciting to have you on, Mike. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. So we just had some um, Mike Berlin, uh, you know, us being the two old guys uh, in we in are. the film community here uh, in northwestern Pennsylvania. You know, we had on our last episode Oddity Productions, which are uh, up and comers in the film scene and now we've got exhibit one productions coming on to the film scene and this has me really excited yeah totally man like i said it's just um you know it's one of those things when you just started out and you don't realize how just how how special the community is like those who are been doing it for a long time or you just just getting started um so it's, it's really cool to get to meet uh, slowly meet all these people. Um, I, I mentioned like the Oddity Productions as well as Meet Yourself. And I mean, there's, there's just a lot of people to name on that. So uh, it's it's awesome. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity to just even, uh, you know, talk with other creatives as well as, you know, just filmmaking in general. Have you, uh, are you from here, Mike? Yeah, I've, I've born and raised here. Um, so this is, this is my home. Um, but I do kind of, uh, I venture a little bit to some of the other cities like, you know, Cleveland. I'm in Cleveland a lot. Um, uh, Pittsburgh. It's basically like the surrounding areas. So nice. Mike, Mike, why don't you for a little bit uh, go into it uh, for those of uh, for those who don't read periodicals anymore. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you got into it. Uh, yeah. So um, I guess for me, when I. Um, as far as getting into uh, filming and doing video productions, I actually, so I bought my camera back in like I, I, 2018. So it was a little cheap little DSLR camera, you know, nothing special. It's, uh, I actually was going to do, uh, I, was, I was going through a bit of a identity uh, crisis and, and try to figure out what I want to do with myself in my you know, early 30s here. Mike, that's just the first of many. That's just the first of many. So. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Um, so I was trying to figure out just something I wanted to do um, other than just work my regular nine to five job. And so I was coming up with different ideas like, oh, maybe I'll get into doing comedy or maybe I'll start like a barbecue software, which I have, um, by the way, I really didn't make it official, but it's been, um, I didn't really dive into it full time or whatever, but like it was one of those things that I um, was just trying to figure out. So anyways, fast forward. I decided to do a sports podcast because I could talk about sports all day long. It's just one of my things. Um, so I bought a camera. didn't know what kind of camera to get, something that we're filming. Um, you know, I, I didn't, honestly, after the whole 24 frames per second, it, <laughs> sensor, crop sensor, full frame, 
it was just like, I don't know what it is. So I'll just buy something just cheap that had a kit lens onto it. Uh, maybe put a little mic on it. I know a lot about audio because I DJ for a lot of years and I just learned some of, some of the stuff there, uh, which is, I know it's different than filming, but it's just there's some idea of audio play involved. And then one day I just got into, um, I was kind of intimidated on just doing a podcast itself because I'd never done it before. Um, and like, I just kind of had a camera sitting around uh, for a couple months, not using it. So I decided to take it out one day, take some photos. Um, they were horrible. Um, again, didn't know what I was doing. The shutter speed, it was like, I had an auto auto uh, mode. So you're like, it's just kind of the auto priority or, or, or sorry, um, you could be a, a, a shutter speed priority, whatever, or all that stuff. And so I was just hitting random stuff on. I didn't know what I was doing. And now I post them. I actually, you can, uh, if you go on my Facebook song, you can probably find some like really bad photos on there. So, then, so I did that for a couple of years. Got, I actually really, you know, as bad as it was, I was having a lot of fun um, just playing around with the camera. And then so I did that for a couple of years, got really good at it, started like watching all these videos, reading stuff on, talking to the photographers. I was always fascinated by it. It seemed like you could capture so much more than, no, not get photos, but I felt like there's, there's a little more creativity, flexibility in that. So I went and tried it. I figured I, I took it when I learned from photography and used some of the stuff. So I didn't have to start off from base one. I already knew what, you know, shutter speed was. I already knew what, you know, the F stop meant and all that stuff. And it's just a matter of getting used to not being able to adjust your shutter speed during the film. You know, photography, you, you, you're constantly adjusting that. You don't have to worry about as much uh, ND filters and stuff, but so I just got it, just kind of just dove in to learn how to do that. I'm still learning as I have been doing it for a very long time. We all are. Yeah, you never you never stop. You never stop learning, dude. <laughs> so. Right, right. And, and that's a good thing, though. That's how you stay motivated. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of the backstory of how I got into it. And as far as writing stuff. Um, let me, before you jump into writing, let me let me pause you just for a second, because I think Mike, uh, Mike Berlin, this is a great lesson right like uh, you just I, I mean what did what did mike g do he he got a camera you know it was gonna be comedy or barbecue or you know like holy crap talk about like you know you I just, have a lot of just, questions <laughs> i have a lot of questions about all that stuff too by the way but i i love that you you got a you got a, a a tool that you could afford you got a camera that you you could afford and you spent the time and you just went out for for years and you just practiced and practiced and went on youtube and went and talked to other photographers and stuff like you said and just learned the the craft like on that one camera instead of making excuses you know being distracted by oh i gotta like buy the best lens or i gotta you know that that's all i wanted to say is just uh, i i love hearing that because um i think that's a great way to start out just thousand, get one tool yeah. and master it a thousand percent absolutely i completely agree and like a lot of people don't take that initiative so you know kudos to you mike honestly that's like that i love hearing that kind of stuff yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, um, it's kind of. I always felt he was kind of like throwing paint on the wall, and you just like just you don't know what you're gonna get with it yet. You know, eventually, you know, turn to something, whatever that is. I'm really happy I got into doing this, and it was you know, just having fun. That's all I started out with, just having fun, 
and learning to go. So you, you do the still photography thing for a while. Um, when do you decide, I have the confidence that um, I'm going to start approaching businesses, either for the commercial angle or musicians for the music video angle? Like when do you, when do you start kind of branching out and turning it into a business? I think it was something along the lines of like, just I was just putting out content. And I was just putting up, just publishing some of the work I've done, showing other people what I've done, and just let people know, hey, this is what I do. And, um, you know, if you want to do a project together, whatever, link up, let me know. And people were actually, once people started asking me how much it was costing, how much, mm-hmm. how much I charge to do the work, um, or just, just being generally interested in, in working with me, kind of let me know that there's a step in the right direction that maybe – I can start even just doing a freelance for now before I turn zero production to like an actual business. There's something, boy, it's, I mean, John, you're going to relate to this too, but like, there's like kind of like an old story here of like sort of getting your, like sharpening your, your like sharpening your chops on music videos. And it is like, it is, it has become this sort of rite of passage uh, through, uh, I think throughout the, for, throughout the industry for like at least the last 40 years of, a lot of people uh, starting out that starting out that way. Why do you guys think that is on some level? Is it just like you can sort of because there's no rules or some on some level or like it's it's a wonderful ground for experimentation. I'll just jump in real quick and say that I think that musicians are perfect collaborators and partners with us because being independent artists themselves, they get it, they get the grind, and so if we can team up and kind of help each other uh as we as we rise up that's that's why i think it's like just a natural fit but what do you what do you think mike yeah i i i totally agree um you know working with uh artists musicians they're just naturally creative people you know they have their own ideas but they're definitely willing to like hear what you have to say because you're the one that's telling them um so it's a great opportunity to like if me was you know i never really advertised for video music videos, it was something I uh, worked with C. Brown. Um, he's mainly one I work with. There's a couple other people I've done work for. How did you get linked up with C. Brown? Did you guys know each other before, or did somebody refer you? I actually met him at one of the shows. All right, go back to like I think it's like 2010. So I know I've known him for about 12 years now, and um, I knew about him before that. But that was kind of where I met him, and then. Years later, um, and he just he saw some of my work, and he said, "Hey, he's actually the very first person I did any kind of real video work for." And he's like, "Hey, I saw some of your photography, but I don't know if you've done any kind of videos, and you know, maybe just you know, just just film something and see what, what we do with it." So, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm just learning how to control like the frames per second. Do I want to frame it at 24, 30?" 60, I didn't really know. I, I could tell there's a difference, but I couldn't really explain to you the time being what the difference is. And so I would, I, if I, uh, I could probably pull up somewhere on, online um, the video I did for him, and it was about a minute and a half minute video. It's really short. And I could see, looking back a few years later, like just the difference of, you know, as far as like learning-wise. But yeah, he was he was the first person that just said, you know what, let's Let's just try something out and see if you like it or not. And he gave me a shot. And ever since then, we've been working together. And so, um, which is just really cool to 
the fact that he's been patient and let me work with him as I'm growing. So um, I got a chance to learn a lot about like just how I want to frame a shot a certain way because we look at it, it's not just a music video. I want to turn into a cinematic shot. Uh, just a lot to talk about, and it's just this the journey has been unbelievable. So when you guys are looking from like one video to the next and it's like, it's time to, it's like, are you trying to, will you try to sort of master a look? Uh, for, like, it's like, Hey, we, you know, I think we can do this one a little bit better. Are you on the next video? Are you trying to do something? that's like, it's like, Hey, I want to really try something different right out of the gate on the next one. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, uh, good question. I try to like find here, like my my kind of form of like my identity of like if you see the footage, you know you kind of get a sense that it's for me that I filmed it. Yeah, you got an aesthetic. How would how would you describe your aesthetic, like your style, your look? I I like it. To, um, I definitely like the the cinematic shot shooting at twenty four. Sometimes like I'll do some slow motion uh, footage um, just to kind of the B roll shots, and um, I like to capture as much. Of the like i want the, the, the viewer to feel like they're, they're right there and it's, it feels realistic for me i want to feel like i'm capturing the motion and in like a cinematic way as possible like a real raw uh kind of intimate vibe exactly i dig that style totally a lot of breaking of the fourth wall i mean which works again works for the medium of the music video that's awesome yeah no no so you and Steve been working working on some stuff, um, and then yeah, take us take us from there. Then did it kind of build out into some? Because I know you've done some commercial work too. I I, I just met you at an event. Uh, what was that last week? Yeah, yeah I totally yeah. Uh, noticed one one of your um, you know you did a piece for. Please remind me the the gentleman uh, Schroeder. That, yeah, Chris Schroeder. Yeah, Chris Schroeder. Um, which was I thought was a really cool stylistic, you know, kind of um, yeah, it felt fresh. Uh, I think I, I this is what I told you before. But <laughs> when did you then kind of start getting more into you know kind of the commercial side? So my goal um, initially is to uh, well obviously pursue filming, uh, but I want to also build a business for younger videographers, filmmakers, and um, like whether they're coming out of college or they just picked up a camera like I did one day and say, I want to try it out. And I know a lot of, a lot of companies, just not just film, but job-wise in general, um, I don't know, maybe it's times of different economies, who knows, but like as far as finding workers, there's, I've heard just, for me personally, trying to find a job in video, uh, film production or video production before I you know, had any kind of experience, there is this, well, you, unless you have a degree or years of experience or portfolio, really can't hire you. And I know what it's like, so I, I wanted to build a business where I can bring in young uh, creative people to give them an avenue to, you know, maybe they don't want to start their own business, but to kind of, you know, find a, you know, have a job that not only helps them, for, you know, pay their bills, but they can learn, um, you know, be hands-on training, learn on a job and be around other people that are, just equally passionate about the job as they are. And then if they maybe one day decide to, you know, after a year or two, who knows how long they want to, you know, jump into their own, their own business uh, or get into film production themselves. Um, they have the tools they learn. So I kind of want to create that avenue of 
have a little business right here and people can probably come in and you know learn as much as they can earn a living if they want to stay that, that's great because i like to keep people on a team as much as possible that can do the job better than me um but just you know that's kind of what i got into not only just to make a living do what i love to do but to create opportunities as well um alongside of me pursuing uh film projects as well because mm -hmm. you're a member of radius uh co-work right right i'm here now actually <laughs> oh okay no shit so are you it's it maybe are you kind of applying that um what we were talking about with artists and music videos kind of applying that too to like um entrepreneurs and kind of you know doing like little feature pieces on kind of st the startup community as well that you'd find at radius yeah that's um i mean i know this is year three now in my business and i i learned a lot in a short amount of time as far as business plans and as far as as far as a niche you're trying to go for um so i'm still in that i have an idea what i want to work well you know as far as what i want to work with um the kind of you know jobs i would like our company to do but i'm still trying to figure it out like you know i don't know how to say it i'm trying to figure out still so i, I mean that's definitely not an idea to to go after um but you know normally you know it's funny when you think about the word niche when you got in, people got into filming or photography people will say i want to do everything i want to do sport mm -hmm. photography i want to get into doing you know uh wildlife let's just take pictures of animals let's do, let's do uh nature shots and then eventually as you do it enough time you start realizing like i can't be great at everything you know i mean i you have an interest in a few things and so that the box kind of gets down to like a smaller mm -hmm. niche so niche down so, right so <laughs> as as my company trying to do the same thing as well just trying to figure out like what's the perfect lane for me and, and for my company for future employees as well Mike, there's something interesting in this too, where it's just like, and I don't think people would are, are will always think about it or be cognizant of it. But here you are at the same time trying to, you know, really trying to refine your craft, find your aesthetic that works for you. But you also are developing and working on a whole nother skill set as far as the analytics side, like it's it, and doing logistics, like and being a business owner, and so you're really trying to understand these things at the same time, like. What has that, um, what has sort of, you know, spinning all those plates at the same time? Like, what's what's that been like for you? Um, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's exhausting. Um, <laughs> you know, just trying to juggle, it's a juggling act, you know, because I, I mean, I have, uh, you know, I have I have a, a full-time job on the side as well. Um, same. So you have a full-time job that's trying to help pay your you know, as part of being an adult, you're paying your bills and providing for, you know, yourself and if you got kids or your wife, that's too. But like also still trying to build a business and then also and I guess pursuing uh you know a film filmmaking career. So it's definitely been tough. Um I think for me is I I mean at, at my house I have an office home um as well, but I have like this giant to do list and everything in the back, this giant whiteboard and I have like this I got this is for business stuff this is for film projects and this is like personal stuff i mean i guess i really you know didn't include that but that's it's there because I, I i constantly write notes i always have notepads on me that's part of just being a writer in general but just try to plan things because if not i forget things i have to use uh google calendar alerts it's ridiculous but 
you got to do what you got to do. And But the goal is to eventually not have to wear all the hats in my company. I can delegate some of the work, which I'm still in the process of figuring out, like, the numbers, um, you know, building business revenue so we can go, okay, we have enough work to where I can hire somebody. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you might have to take, uh, you know, I don't know, take a risk in the beginning that you maybe do some self-contracting work, hire someone to do, uh, you know, administrative stuff as far as like email, booking meetings, um, a lot of stuff that I'm really not a big fan of. Um, I admire the, the process of all this stuff business is important, but I kind of want to be the person that shows up and, you know, starts like directing production stuff, like you know, film, yeah. commercial stuff. Like I want to just show up, you know, write it for the client, do a storyboard for it, and then, you know, bring in somebody who can film it, you know, because how do people can film better than I can? Oh my God. Mike, when do you have the time to edit? Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's another thing too. Yeah. That's another thing. And so, um, I have my, my um, uh, I have a couple business mentors actually. And it's funny cause they said, you guys start when I first started a business, I was, I figured, well, I would charge the client to do work and then, I would just do anything by myself because I didn't really want to pay anybody or I didn't, I wasn't charged enough at the time. So I just couldn't afford to hire somebody. So I just figured, well, I'll just do it myself, save some money. And then once you start getting busy, cause there's times where I probably slow yes. and like summertime we're busy. And I remember I was like, man, I wish I would just hire somebody because even if you know, you're trying to save some money, you're not saving time. Um, hours and hours of editing and <laughs> and then you tell the one client you tell a client you're like hey i know i told you i think the deadline on friday is now sunday uh, i i just only a day or two and they're upset because they're expecting you know the footage to be done mm-hmm. at least the first edit before you kind of you know go over it and see it take notes and they make adjustments for it and you got four or five other clients waiting for their you haven't started yet so right. <laughs> So I learned that that editing, finding someone who can edit film, that is that is an absolute must. Uh, I learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah, but every everybody does. Everybody does. Um, you know, again, just recalling back to our previous episode with Oddity. You know, that's that's a group of three um, who share share duties there, and we did talk about like. You know, a lot of times, uh, and, and Mike uh, Berlin, you you can agree, you know, filmmakers, we can kind of live on an island, right? And we, we start out, like, with that kind of auteur uh, mindset of, like, oh, it's my vision and it's me. But, yeah, eventually you kind of learn that, uh, no, film <laughs> filmmaking is a team team effort. And it is as soon as, as you can, as soon as you can afford it, as soon as it works in the business plan, yeah, finding those partners, those key partnerships, people that you can trust to, you know, handle the books, handle the post, you know, have somebody that's uh, the, the creative driving force on set that's kind of like directing each of your music videos and commercials and, and films and stuff. Yeah, it's it's very key because otherwise you can you can burn yourself out, right? You can you can mm-hmm. spin those wheels and you know till till you're oh, don't got yeah. any gas left in the tank. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned about like you know wanting to do it yourself, like it's your vision, whatever. And I I remember someone asked me if I was willing to like 
work with somebody on like you know share a project together or to uh basically hire someone to do some of my work and I, at first i was like a little fidgety about it but no this is yeah you know like someone would ask could he edit my film i was like no this is i know what i wanted to look like because i shot a certain way how could you possibly edit what i shot it doesn't make any sense you it wouldn't be the same and i was like real just just disgruntled about that i refuse to do it but again as you moving forward like you do realize the team effort thing um it's good to have people on board to have like at least the same vision of that whatever it is you're working on so even if i wrote something or i had an idea someone jumps in they, they share an idea and they work the team it's so much easier to find people that you know are willing to bounce some ideas off of each other and, and the, the main goal is to have a finished product well, I think, and I'm, you know, opening this up for you, the three of us here, because I think we all uniquely understand this uh, on some level. Um, I think, you know, it's sort of goes to the idea that perfection can be the enemy of good. And it's so, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? And like, you want this thing that you've worked on and that you've conceptualized. And it's like, I need this thing to fucking rock. <laughs> and then it's just like, you don't want to <laughs> share any of the creative with anybody. And like, at a certain point, it's. That's the thing that's like you really at a certain point and it's really uh, maturity and evolution where it's like you have to realize it's like I have to let this go and I have to give some ownership to some of the other people or otherwise I'm going to just get stuck in the quicksand here and th not just me but this project is going to get fucked and it's I, it's one of those lessons that if, like if you haven't gone through it it's like you learn it the hard way. 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Funny, it's funny you mentioned about uh, being perfect because I, I just, um, I've always described myself as a perfectionist, and lately I've been trying to like break that that habit because it's just a, it's not good overall. It's not a good thing to have. It's good to try to have goals and shoot for and, and want to do better, but at some point in time, man, this it's like what happened to me. It, it I started having like, um, I, I start I have I, I was gonna say I, I I came up with this short film idea. Oh, I start filming something, and instead of sharing with people, I kind of just I keep it myself because I'm not done with it yet because it's not perfect. It's not at that, you know. I mean, it, it so it happens. You start procrastinating, you start losing confidence, and then you start hard hard to work with because people have other ideas like that are better than yours. So I get it, man. I just figured I had to say that real quick. So yeah, of course, the, this the struggle is real. How okay? So talk about. Um writing because you know screenwriting is a whole other skill set that you know beyond shooting music videos shooting commercials like doing a, a scripted um narrative work is a whole other challenge so tell us about you know some of the newer stuff that you're working on like i know we want to talk about um next man up uh so is next man up your first um scripted film or have you done stuff before to kind of test test the waters there so this is actually this is my first uh full film writing um i've done some small like shorter projects um for myself and for other people that were just they had they wanted to film something they didn't have an idea so i kind of took what they had and i, I wrote down added to it whatever um and I actually had a couple, so this is part of the whole perfection thing, where I, I had different, I have a number of different, you know, stories and film ideas that I, I have a stack of books about like this much, like notebooks, 
that I have wrote. This is this is one idea I wrote, um, and then I, I just got to like, you know, I don't know, I guess equivalency to like nine or ten scenes, and then I just kind of just didn't delete it. I just kind of put it off the side because that's uh -huh. what I'm feeling that that part. And uh, I guess the thing about like writing. Um, so you're know. just writing. Let me just pause you real quick. You're just kind of writing them out in like traditional story form, like book book form. Like at, at first, yeah. At first, I was doing that. Um, now what I do is I, I kind of write ideas on like index cards. I got a whole box I use, and I try to like fill up as much as I can. Uh, I'll put like dividers in there for like this could potentially be this scene, and so I have an idea how many scenes there are, and uh, I've just been doing that, and I figure like once I have enough ideas. I could finally start actually writing the, the, the script down. Got you. And so the first one that's kind of, I assume that you can, you're starting to see, or you have like kind of your beginning, middle and end generally worked out is next man up. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the inspiration for next man up? Tell us a little bit about um, this film. It sounds like it's a personal story. Um, yeah, it definitely is. Um, so I was I was actually a wrestler in high school. I had like many high schoolers, uh, teenagers had their ups and downs, and uh, a lot of things in my life at that time was like very like I don't want to say traumatic, but it affected me a lot as an adult. Um, some good, some bad things in there, um, and I just I guess for me, I take it as film writing and filmmaking is a way for me to express some of my stories in a way that's entertaining still so that the movie uh next man up um i would say it's about 80 85 percent of what i personally experienced went through and then of course there are 15 percent is more for film writing purpose of so some of the stuff in there you probably don't need and it doesn't really add to the plot at all so some things there for identity purpose where i don't really want to put everybody's name on blast kind of thing yeah, I just I wanted to talk about something um, that was personal, but like the goal is to hopefully with the message there that inspires people that are watching it. Um, you know, um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of like what I was going with. Um, kind of like the, it had like a Rocky feel. So if you watch a Rocky movie, uh, okay. so it has that you know the build up to like the matches itself, the wrestling matches itself, but there's like a whole lot more going on to it and build up to that point. So. And, you know, you're inspired by someone who, who's working very hard through a multitude of adversity. So uh, I guess my goal is to entertain someone, hopefully watch something kick ass, you know, but at the same time, you you feel good about the film, you're inspired by it. I want to sort of uh, backtrack a bit because I think your process is sort of interesting. Uh, the idea of actually, so longhand, you're writing you're writing out on the note cards and you before that you were doing the notebooks. Uh, Talk to me on some level why you think uh, sort of breaking away, because I think most people would assume that you'd just be sitting in front of a laptop or a computer writing down ideas. Why do you think it's so important to sort of uh, sort of have your brain engineering ideas in a different sort of format like that? You know, I think for me, it's just trying to figure out what works for me still. Um, I, I guess there's no really no right or wrong way of doing it as long as you are putting in time to uh, be creative. Like I, I follow like a uh, master class. I watch like film writers like, you know, uh, Spike Lee, um, just a few other uh, to name, but like learning from like 
just what 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 worked for them their their workflow. Mm-hmm. And I always thought you had to sit down from a laptop or a notebook and pen and you just write for eight hours straight. No. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And I would try to, and, and anybody raised would tell you, like, if you, like, I'm trying to write something, and like, I just, I would write a few sentences down, or I'd write, like, part of a scene, and then I kind of just, you know, would go, like, I have no idea, I have enough, I have, there's nothing else left to really say. And, and so it's discouraging to try to write it as if I was writing, like, in a notebook or something. So I was often told by, you know, just by watching YouTube or, you know, I would watch when I watch movies and, and like the bonus features, they'll have like behind the scenes of how did they come up with the story. I would watch a lot of that stuff, but most people don't unless you're into like what we're doing here. And you're like, I wonder how did they, how did they come up with the ideas of that film? All of us, what all of us watch that stuff for sure. Yeah, and it should, you should, especially if you're into the, you know, getting like, you know, inspiration. Is they'll once in a while they'll have a little nuggets in there as far as like their. What, how do they how do they sit down and write it? And they all most of them would say it's just write down an idea here and there. Um, you generally don't sit there for eight hours writing. Um, so I always carry a notebook on me and a pencil. I was so I, I it could be something. Let's say at my my job today, I was I had like um, an idea or something, and I just couldn't just I couldn't put it down. I couldn't just forget about it because if I don't write it, I will forget about it eventually. So. I always carry a notebook on me and I write stuff down. I have my friends will just, we'll be at a meeting, we'll be at a, a, hanging out somewhere. And all of a sudden I just bring out a notebook. I'm writing stuff down. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I, I did. I just had this came in mind that it made most of the time may be nothing at all, but it could be something. You know, it's got, you know, if I at least write it down and then when I go to my office, I can play around with the idea a bit. So that's really cool. I, I'm going to recommend uh, for you and for our listeners, there's a podcast I listen to called Script Notes, um, and it is with John August, who did, uh, who wrote Big Fish, and Craig Mazin, who did the Chernobyl series, uh, and you know he's, he's working on The Last of Us and other stuff for HBO, but it's a fantastic podcast for, for screenwriters. And yeah, they will, they will definitely tell you, yeah, I mean, what you're describing is kind of... Um, you know, our understanding of like a journalistic approach to writing where, you know, you're more recording or reporting something that happened, like doing a book report. And then, yeah, you can sit down and write for hours and hours because you have a deadline and and things like that. But when you're pulling things out of the air creatively, like out of your mind, your, your own imagination. I mean, if you were going for eight hours straight, that is something magical. Like you have, you got something flowing through you to be able to do that. But otherwise, yeah, it's don't put that pressure on, on yourself. Uh, you have to find your pace. You have to find your, you know, your, your, desk situation your room your lighting you got to find like your routine that makes you comfortable to have those juices uh flowing mike i don't know if you you agree with this i absolutely agree with this uh i mean like it's always so it's been fun to over the years read authors sort of styles somebody who used to write like that as far as like sitting down was a famous example probably most famous example was jack kerouac when he was writing on the road he sat down pretty much locked himself in the room took a bunch of beta blockers and uh then wrote out the book in 12 days that's the magic part that's the magic the magic right right the manufactured magic uh and uh 
and but like there's all sorts of people there's all sorts of methodologies uh uh somebody like stephen king has the like he he sits down and no matter what he's writing a minimum of five pages i i'm assuming mm-hmm. single spaced every day that which is why he's so prolific and yep. it's from uh from artist to artist to author to author to screenwriter to screenwriter everybody has a different way that they do it and i think that's like sort of one of the fascinating things because there is no set pattern it's just right. it's really just sitting down and doing it uh and yeah. whether and there's a the way that you're describing mike the way that you do it there's a pretty famous uh, por, uh portuguese uh poet named francisco Pessoa, and he when he passed away his children found a trunk of just bar napkins uh-huh. and all and like it's just like yeah. all yeah. of these things and it, it and that yeah. is uh i think bukowski used to sort of do this a little bit too mm. the same style so you are in good company is what i'm going to say yeah, it's very interesting. I, I can I'll share that uh, when I wrote Schism, which was a very personal story, and it was when my father was basically deteriorating in front of my eyes. He had Alzheimer's, and uh, that one was late nights, a lot of drinking while writing, uh, and that's how that one came out of me. But now my comfort zone is getting up early in the morning when you know it's there's barely any light it's super quiet in the house i just like get into a zone open the open the screenplay program and write as long as as it as it flows and some days it's you know 15 minutes some days it's four hours uh some days it's five hours but most of the time it's an hour or two and then it's just revising because yeah you can't um you can't force you can't force it because it'll feel forced right it it won't feel real yeah i don't think people understand that a lot of times either it's just like talking to you know i've got friends of finance and who are lawyers and uh you, you know some are doctors and it's just like you try it's like well just do it it's just like oh yeah i'll just do this sure absolutely i'll let me let me pull a, a magic idea out of my ass right <laughs> Well, this is really cool. So where would you say that you're at in the in the process for Next Man Up? How long have you been working on kind of writing and, and where do you think you're at um, in the in the process? Yeah, so um, I'm glad you asked. So I've actually been, oh my goodness, time flies very quickly. I think <laughs> I, I started this back in, uh, I'll say about nine, ten months ago, I started writing and it was just, um, at least on this film I started writing, it was just like, I, I knew I wanted to make a wrestling film. Um, you know, I wanted something, like, something about like, force wrestling was huge to me, like not just, you know, you know, I was never the kind of wrestler I wanted to be because I was wrestling for a short amount of time, but I learned a lot of life skills during that. Um, and, uh, you know, my wrestling coaches, you know, uh, one of them, you know, rest in peace, uh, Dana Stovall, he was uh, a great, uh, uh, wrestling mentor and a great guy. So, um, you know, he, he just passed recently. So it was, you know, it was kind of tough. Um, it was actually something I wanted to, you know, on the film as a, as a head coach, because I just knew he had that drive and, you know, but anyways, I'm at the point now where, uh, just about done with the, like, I know how I want to start, you know, the main plot, how I want it to end. It's just like little details kind of close up. Um, but no matter how far, how much I feel I'm getting close to the end, I would end up going back to somewhere in the beginning, 
uh, I had changed the beginning like three or four different times because I didn't know how I wanted to start at first. Like I had, I had a picture how I wanted to end. Usually I feel like ending was so much easier to figure it out. Like, yeah, sometimes you know, it is. How you get to the ending, but it's like, how do, you, how do you start? Do I start like slowly build up into something? And I, I figure like just from what I've been taught or what I've been learning is that film, like especially audience, you have a short window to grab their attention. You know, yeah. it has to make sense to what's going on in film, but it, you have to grab their attention because the short attention span is very short. And it's not like plays, you know, when they show up, they're like, well, you're here. So we can just go <laughs> into it a little bit. Uh, when they're nowadays, even with movie theaters, you have a, a bigger, a little more time because it's like, well, I already paid. I showed up. I don't want to just walk out the door just yet. But when you put them on like Netflix or, or whatever, on all you got to do is just go, oh, God, that's it. <laughs> on the next one, that was boring. So you have a very short window. So I, I guess for me, was trying to figure out something very dramatic that happened. Um, the main character um and then just like use that as the kind of like fast forward to today so um that's good yeah, advice yeah. At, so so you're still would you say you're still in kind of the note card outlining process then you haven't started like writing the script correct like i i um i probably wanted to start like start the first few scenes but i already know that once i start that i'll have to go right back and fix something else so I just kind of, I just feel like I'm, I'm about 90, 95% of the way. I feel like I get a good feel of what I want. Um, and I, this is part of like, trying to break out of the whole perfection thing. At some point. Right, I was going to say, you yeah. remember your own advice we yeah. were just talking about. Yeah. Maybe it's time to just start writing. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I had a few other writers was like, Mike, your, your box is pretty full to where like I have to like get a second box to put stuff in there because I just feel like. I, I need I, my goal was to like I have enough ideas and like ammunition here I can just start well if I go to this thing I already know I can pull up this certain amount of cars and just kind of go from there um and eventually I have to get it in front of an editor someone's got to look at it and we gotta get it on film at some point so my goal was to, I would love I would love to film later in the, in this year sometime that's the goal but um I don't want to set like a hard stamp date yet but we are trying to plan, you know, locations um, as far as filming a high school or, or even a college, someone that has like a wrestling practice area, the gymnasium. So you're already thinking like what resources you have access to and kind of, you're kind of wearing a development pre-production hat while you're writing at the same time. So do you have it casted you... as well? <laughs> so we have, I haven't, I haven't done any of it yet. I have a few people that are interested. They they they, they know I'm, I'm making a film. Um, they just say, "Hey, you know, if there's a spot in EVN, uh, I have this many years of acting background. Um, just throw me if you can." So I have an idea of a few people that are interested. But I I would love to once I'm I finish all the writing and I get all you know I have all the characters developed the way I want to. I would like to publish that and eventually have hired people um that have expertise in uh doing casting so that's the goal nice. get that okay. soon, so. well mike i'm gonna give you a plug a, a web address to remember it's film and that's the greater erie film office and we are uh 
you know, the resource for Northwestern Pennsylvania for production. So if you need to get a casting call out there, if you need help finding crew, and this is for all of our listeners, of course, but yeah, the Greater Erie Film Office is a branch of the Film Society, which is us. And, um, you know, it's a free, free service. That's what we're here for. We want to support uh, filmmakers and creatives here in our area. So filmerie.com, Mike. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, definitely, <laughs> I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll need all um, I need all the help I can get. Like you mentioned, like you mentioned already, it's a it's a team effort. You can't make a film by yourself. And uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> where can Mike? Where can people find out about Exhibit One? Um, and what what else would you like to share with us? Um, so people can check you out. So um, you definitely go to the uh, the website, which you know um, at exhibitone.com. Uh, you can go to uh, a Facebook page, Exhibit uh, One Productions. Um, I mean, it's pretty much the main Instagram. Same thing. I try to keep it the same so they don't have to try to figure it out what, what house is called, whatever. Um, but it's, you know, ex- Exhibit basically is called with an X. So um, um, yeah, so at, at YouTube, uh, we, we haven't, um, we're starting to kind of launch uh, some content on there uh, as well. So Try my best to um, work on building more content awareness for, you know, just kind of get out to the people a little more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's out there. Um, and um, I guess it's the best place to, to locate us. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, hey, listen, um, dude, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, dude. It's been such oh. a pleasure of like hearing about everything and sort of getting to talk shop, get, get to talk shop with you. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys bringing me on here. It's a, it's a huge opportunity, and uh, I'm very, very blessed and grateful for it. And it's just nice to, you know, talk with people that are equally as interested and have their own like creative ways. And, and just like you said, it's just shop talking about filming, and uh, I love it. So thank you. For sure. Thank you. That's been our episode. Thank you to our guest, Mike Golab. Make sure you follow the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this has been Film Grain.